You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is AfterBuzz TV for Season 4, Episode 9 of Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Tonight's host is Phil Svitek. Joining Phil will be AfterBuzz co-hosts, twins Michelle and Melissa Macedo. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest celebrity rehab news and gossip. We want to hear from you, too. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347 855 8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Phil Svitek! Welcome back, everybody. I am Dr. Phil, here with your Dr. Drew uh, breakdown. So, in this episode... Uh, we saw Frankie have another one of her fits. Uh, then Janice had um, a really emotional breakdown, and you know I think we got to a root of the problem. Then we saw um, the all the patients visit uh, high school and get the story of Aaron, and then uh, Doctor Drew's worries about Jason Davis outside of the uh, the rehab center really exploded. And so um, so why don't we pick off with uh, or start off rather with Frankie. Mm. Um, I what mean, case Frankie is my goodness. Yes, I mean, so what, initially watching, I didn't even quite understand what the fight or like what. I never really know what her deal is or why she starts whatever she. What what was going through your minds as it first developed? I think that she's really angry, and so it comes out obviously at other people and other things. And since she can't use, she just gets really mad. And a Janice, too. And she loves cats, I guess. So it was about the cat <laughs> rather than, like, I don't even... It was... She's just irritable. And and it's probably also about the fact that she has to share a space with Janice. Um, that That's probably something she doesn't want to deal with. And I think she had anger problems. Even, even when she's on drugs, she probably did. But now it's just at a cat. Maybe it happened that way before. But. I mean, so can you guys clear it up for me for a second, though? Because she was like... Yeah, this girl, Janice, she wants the door. I don't want the door open. And the cat, and the cat, I was sleeping. And then, like, so, (laughs) what? So, here was the issue. Let me, let me clarify. Um, uh, Frankie wanted the door open Mm -hmm. so that the cat could come in and hang out in her room because she likes the cat. But then she got mad that the cat woke her up. Oh, but then Janice opened the door. She didn't like that Janice opened the door and then Janice is allergic to cats so then Frankie wanted the cat in the room basically bottom line <laughs> you don't want to be in Frankie's way basically ever. it doesn't make any sense <laughs> I mean that's that's basically the conclusion I wanted to come at that yeah. Frankie makes <laughs> you no were sense right, but actually. Um, you know of, of course we've seen many of uh, Frankie's explosions and we kind of got snippets of those throughout the episode but I do believe we finally got to a nice root of the problem with the sit down between her and Dr. Drew. Yeah, definitely. That was really powerful. And basically for a lot of them, it all comes down to trauma and abuse that happened a long time ago that they've been burying forever. And so they and haven't it's all coming developed. Because now, now they have to deal with it now that they're off drugs. And it's, it's all coming out. And we see that with Janice and everyone else. Yeah. So, I mean, well, Frankie's story that, uh, you, know, you know, she has claustrophobia because she was locked in a closet in the dark and that was her punishment. She'd have to be there until she quote fell asleep mm-hmm. um and was it the grandmother that was you know yeah i, I wasn't sure i i think her grandma but she kept saying not her mother and not whoever abused her yeah i mean i think there's definitely something you know i like that i like this side of frankie mm-hmm. um i mean i didn't like it but i, I liked it coming out because you know now it means that she's dealing with it mm-hmm. 
but I definitely think there's something more to this story. Just like with Janice, you know, we're finally, you know, every week we sort of, with her, get closer and closer to the problem, you know, and shedding those evils. Whereas, you know, finally with Frankie, we've made a huge breakthrough in my opinion, mm-hmm. but something, you know, it's not my mother, it was my grandmother, no, it, was in the, it just doesn't quite check out. Definitely pieces of the puzzle missing. Honestly, I think her brain doesn't even know. You know, like she's damaged herself so much that she's confused. Well, I mean, it. it you know, uh, Doctor Drew has said, you know, drugs they they keep you in whatever age you were, and so I mean, she's mm-hmm. literally trapped in like an, you know, we've talked about this many times on this show, but she's trapped in an eight year old's mind. Right. Yeah. That's totally why. The, true. Yeah, the cat. It woke me up. I was yeah. sleeping. Janice <laughs> in the door. Something with the cat. So doesn't like cats. But, um, I mean, you know, now we're sort of nearing um, graduation, as they like to call it. And uh, mm-hmm. what do you guys think, you know, obviously the big question for the episodes, well, um, sobriety outside, for Frankie. Mm-hmm. Is that a possibility? You know, she, she didn't want to delete the numbers last week. Mm-hmm. You know, that was her blow up there. Right. Well, Frankie really scares me in that way because... She's done so much. She spent so much of her life in a drug haze. I mean, even Dr. Drew said she's been in drug haze for, like, the past 40 years or something like that. And she's going to go out in the world and reunite with her old friends, probably. And she used to work as a prostitute and all that stuff. And I just hope, I hope she stays sober. But I think she has to go through an inpatient program after. Yeah. And she needs a lot of support from Keisha Cole, I guess. And... (laughs) I think she's built her lifestyle around doing drugs, so she's going to need to find a whole new group of people to depend on. Do you know if she was still a prostitute up until, like... No, no. I do not know that. Well, I mean, what's what's weird to me, like, uh, just what... I, I don't know Frankie too much from before, but uh, watching her on the show, she always just kind of has that... She has two expressions. One where it's just the straight face, but it's kind of angry looking. <laughs> and then there's Frankie crazy angry. <laughs> and Very so true. she needs she needs to crack a smile, I think, in order to, to continue sobriety. Yeah, she's got to let it go a little bit, lighten up. Yeah. I need more cats, I guess, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> Put her in a cat house. Man, if that was cat. my cat, I would take that cat out of the way of <laughs> Frankie's wrath. Mm-hmm. Don't want to be the cat in the way of that. No way. <laughs> Um, well, I guess, uh, you know, now, uh, we, in, just in terms of Frankie, the reason she blew up was because of Janice. Mm-hmm. Um, Poor and, Janice. Yeah, I yep, mean, she, there's a special place in my heart for Janice. Mm-hmm. I've always loved her. Her life is in danger. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Drew. <laughs> um, well, why, why do you say that? Why is she... I guess because she's so obviously defensive that it seems so obvious that she's in so much pain, and I'm just rooting for her. And all of her freakouts, she freaks out and has just flips at everyone, and then like an hour or two later, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, like I'm really sorry. And you could just see that it's she's been the most open, I think, in um, sessions with Drew, like out of any of the other patients. Because she's changed the most, I would say, overall. Mm-hmm. But... I just really like her. I don't know. I think it's because she's so tough on the outside. And then when it comes down to it, she's really sensitive. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think she's fierce. And her entire life has been her her worth has been her body and the way she looks. So I think that there's a lot of issues to deal with right now for her. Well, the uh, you know, you guys are saying that she's the most open. Don't you think that maybe – and I'm not – I just want to pose the question. I'm not arguing necessarily. Um, the fact that, you know, people deal with it differently and some people, you know, just can't be necessarily open. They feel like they need the struggle. And obviously, uh, I guess, to gain sobriety, you need to let that go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. do you think, I mean, there's just, you know, she's just dealing with it more extrovertly as opposed to, you know. Yeah, that's keep... true. A lot of, of her, where her reactions, like panic attacks and stuff, are super targeted towards you know i'm sure they're real but obviously those things like get attention while other people might freak out on the inside Mm -hmm. like jason well see jason i feel like is the opposite case in some ways because he's really extroverted too but he's just a brat (laughs) and he he's not open in that way i i feel like out of everyone on the show 
he's been the least open about emotional hardships that he's been through. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of Jason, it was weird to see Janice, you know, uh, Jason left out, uh, I guess, what was it, a tray and crumbs and whatever, <laughs> and Janice got mad at him, you know, but in some re- you know, I get her, she's trying to, like, take control, but I, I think of, like, something. I feel like, you know, obviously the problem is that these people don't feel like they're in control of their lives. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be in charge of Jason Davis. I know. Right? Don't That's even mess mistake. with that. And Janice, even since the beginning, has uh, her and Jason have been at ends because she tries to boss him around, and then he freaks out. He called her, like, plastic face for the por- first four episodes. Yeah. And she would flip out and be, like, horrible big deal. And you just don't mess with Jason. Yeah, or he's Janice. Crazy. Their personalities just totally clash because he's not going to comply, and she's used to people being terrified of her because she's terrifying. And yeah, it's just not going to work. He's not going to clean his stuff up. Well, I, I just you know it's it's weird. You, you think after so many days, like she'd just understand that you know it's almost because in some ways it's almost as if she's doing it because she knows that's what's going to happen, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know in some sense like addicts mm-hmm. like. Uh, something that they can be able to predict. I mean, Corey, you have uh, Corey over there in the booth, um, our engineer. He has some experience with um, addicts. He did a documentary back in Boston. Uh, Corey, talk talk about just uh, the need for control a little bit from addicts. Or any, you know, that sort of experience. Um, The need for control? Well, first, first... Can you just give us a little bit of a uh, description about what your do- documentary was? And Well, the doc- uh, yeah, I did a documentary um, a couple years ago about opiate addiction. Um, and some of the, uh, I don't know, it was just about opiate addiction in general and some of the ways people go about trying to get better, um, some of the different treatments. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I had to go... I filmed two heroin addicts in their in their apartment Recovered shooting up. heroin addicts no <laughs> active uh they were they shot up in front of me and um you know i filmed it and it was it's pretty scary i mean they, they it's tough uh, they well would you say they the reason that they were doing i mean uh i i remember parts of uh, your documentary and in the sense of uh these people just needed it was it was the one thing that they knew in their life that was uh mm. y- that they knew how it felt what it was and like in in their minds had control over it. Right. And, I, and Janice and obviously like you know she wants that sort of control. Yeah, yeah. and it, it becomes it it's it grabs a hold of them so much that it actually becomes like their reality. So their whole reality was I think one of the quotes from the documentary it is like one of the kids says, I wake up and I think about where I'm going to get money. I get I get mm-hmm. money, I get my drugs, then I think about where I'm going to get more money so I can get it in mm-hmm. a couple hours. I go to bed, and before I'm going to bed, all I think about is how I'm going to get money. And it just consumes every wow. bit of their life. They can't, you know, everything they, is about how they can make it happen for mm-hmm. themselves. But for them, did they feel that they were in control? No, of- no, not at all. They and they admitted, you know, it was sort of a frantic onto the next binge, like whenever they could. Yeah, I mean, panic. they they even said they even said like uh, I would do, you know, there's times where I would do anything to to get money. I would, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's interesting because you say that because uh, you know, and I was hoping you would actually go there because uh, Janice, you know, in talking with Doctor Drew, you know, he, she's obvi- she obviously ha- um, gives us more insight into her life. And she basically says, you know, I'm scared to deal with this. I'm scared um, of this feeling. And Dr. Drew tells her, you know, it's the scared feeling that I know will will make it better, that you mm-hmm. will become better because it's the other people, the ones that do think they're in control, that will not continue sobriety. And so, and he, you know, I, I do believe um, she is doing better than most of these uh, other people. And, um, you know, that if she if she really sticks to this program, she will, uh, Janice will con- be sober. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I mean, uh, just 
what are you what was your thoughts on uh as she's talking with dr drew you know just the more information we got how more open she was anything about that yeah she was way more open she started talking about stuff like way more easily and um i think that all the anger and stuff actually was helping her get that out of the way so that she could open up yeah, I also realized that at the beginning of the show, she was using tactics like yelling at everyone and freaking everyone out and big old fights. And then now she realized that if she just breaks down, which is what she probably needs to do anyway, rather than freak out at everyone, people will support her. And, you know, there's that moment when Frank, even Frankie came and supported her mm-hmm. and Rachel and they all hugged. And it was just sort of like, OK, finally, she let her guard down. Yeah. yeah, they all kind of did. That I think really uh, I don't know if she mentioned the diary before or whatever, but I think you know it's 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 a healthy sign that she's writing these down. And uh, you know, Doctor Drew, obviously, he said um, it's it's during moments of withdrawal when you will get these flashbacks the most, you know, or if you've never had them, that's when you'll get them. Mm, yeah, that was interesting. That's so interesting how that comes up, and it was. My job is to get you better. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is, Drew. Dr. Drew. Thanks for sharing, yes, Drew. I have the hots for you. Let's meet up after this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just inter- what, what was interesting, you know, about this whole episode and why, you know, the Janice and the Frankie thing really sticks with me is because, uh, and even just reflecting this show, you know, I want to insert more comedy, but, but this whole episode really wasn't as comedic in some sense as the rest of the episodes. You yeah. know, we're really getting to graduation, and and now there is that worry, you know, like, please stay sober. Yeah, yeah. even the pressure and all the anxiety, they all know they're not going to be in that safe place anymore. It yeah. scares me, too, seeing, you know, all of them going out into the world and meeting with their old friends who, you know, especially yeah. Jason. Jason is literally just seems like he is going well, to walk outside and do Well, let, let's save that for when we get to him. But, uh, you know, it was interesting because uh, now looking back on the – when they went out in their little excursion to the out into the world and uh, Leif Garrett wanted, quote, a beer just to hold in his hand. Now I see <laughs> Shelley's uh, argument for that, you know, because it is – at the time I didn't think it was as big a deal. And yeah. I understood that it was and whatnot. Um, but I thought it was kind of handled in the wrong way or whatever. But now I see like, okay, yeah, wow. You know, yeah. and they've only been here. If you really think about it, uh, I believe the last day that we saw in this episode was day 20. That's 20 oh, days. Yeah, That's it. Unbelievable. And uh, you keep insane. thinking like for me, it's, I'm like, oh, they've been here months and months. Yeah. yeah. They haven't. Yeah. It seems like months. And of course, like, of course now I see, cause I thought that beer thing wasn't a big deal. I was like, well, but then, you know, only an addict would say that. You know, only someone addicted would be like, oh, just to hold a beer in my hand. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the, uh, you know, scared gets you better versus if you think you're in control, you're not really going to get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And because it's dealing with that fear that you can't control anything. And Janice is like realizing that she can't control anything. She can't even control Jason leaving a mess. Mm -hmm. So it's really scary. Well, um, speaking of excursions, we we uh, this episode we went on to, uh, well, it was a high school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it a high, high school, school gym. Um, it was so they went to the high school gym and um, heard the story of Aaron, and uh, you know I believe if you if you think about it like segment wise, I, I, that was like a good like seven to ten minutes that we spent just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is you know for a reality show that's. That's a long time to be long. anywhere, and but it, it, you know, emotionally, I think it was, it was right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I remember one of you guys got up to to get a tissue. Yeah, yeah, I totally had the <laughs> sniffles slash was crying a lot. It was really powerful. Also, just seeing the parents and you know addictions and stuff. You we all know that they affect everyone around you, and people ruin relationships with their families and best friends because of it. But really, like, the parents, and he was so young, and it took him, like, two years to overdose. It was just it was just so awful to see them go through that for no reason. Yeah, and I think it's just a big, good, timely wake-up call for all of them that it's not just about them and their lives that they're affecting, mm-hmm. you know? 
I'm sh- the people who love them around them would be devastated. Yeah. And also, you know, like, what's better for them to be dead or to be like, you know, Jason was looking at, you know, him like, oh, my God. And I'm sure they were all like, I would don't want to be a quadriplegic, you know. Yeah, the mom s- the said that really well. She was like, it's the best thing that he's alive for me and the worst thing that he's alive for him. Because he understands what everyone's saying. That would be awful. Yeah. It's like, is it even worth living? Like, we had, we have a friend that, thank God, survived, but he overdosed on heroin, and he didn't have a friend that would just go and call the police or call an ambulance. He, his friend actually got freaked out because he was on heroin, too, and he overdosed at about midnight, and the friend didn't call anyone until 3 p.m. the next day. And he called his mom and was like, oh, what should I do? She's like, call an ambulance, you know. And he was in a coma for for four months. Yeah, and he woke up, and the doctors didn't think that he would wake up. But now he's severely brain damaged, not yeah. the same person. He had to relearn how to speak and walk and everything. And actually, I was there when I went and visited, and his mom just was crying the entire time. She just told me, like, this is hell. This is what hell is. I and I just feel like for them at this time when you know some some they're all going out into the world again. You just have to see the consequences. Yeah, straight in your face. That's the only way. Well, I mean, what was it? It's interesting too because last week you know we got the sort of alums, but uh, those were obviously sort of the celebrity alums. And what's nice, I think, and even more touching is that you know this is more of a regular person because they feel like they are celebrities that mm. you know. No one else sort of deals with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like no one knows the pain they're going through. And, right. and in this sense, like no, nah, this anyone can have these sort of uh, problems, this addiction. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's you as a person. Yeah, and that should come first. Yes. And I could see how it wouldn't. I mean, if someone like paid attention to you all the time, you would be full of yourself probably. So, <laughs> well, that's Jason Davis's, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's Jason, maybe just Jason. But uh, he has enough ego for all of them, so that's good. But I'm I mean, super surprised that that guy lived, Aaron. I know. Yeah, I did not. Was that that was like yeah, I did not expect that out of the story. I, I didn't either. I, you know, it was uh, that's why that's why it made it all the more touching story right. because it. You know, and I'm not saying you could write it that way, but, like, literally, like, you know, you thought, okay, like, he's going to die, and and that's in and of itself bad, but the way it went just made it all the more uh, touching. And it looks like, Corey, you you look like you're ready to add on to something. No? No, well, I uh, (laughs) kind of passed, but, no, I was going to say what one of the doctors I had interviewed um, for the documentary, his name is Dr. Uh, Dr. Lance Guberman, he was in New Jersey, and he actually said, I, I don't know, it was a really good quote. He said, getting clean off of drugs is like, if you think of it like you, you, like you're going to the gym to, to build muscles, right? And you don't, you don't go to the gym for one night, and the next day you're huge and you have a ton of muscles. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you, you have to think of it as building your anti-drug muscle. It takes months and months and months and, you know, even years to to build up that kind of muscle so that you can. Right. And it's kind of like the Jersey Shore, like the situation says, you know, <laughs> like if, if you don't, if you're not at the gym every day, then you got yeah. no muscle. You got and no muscle. You, you got no game. the situation. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little Jersey Shore. Uh, Who made $10 million dollars last year? But, well. It's okay. We're all working hard. <laughs> <laughs> to drink, to drink too. GPL, yeah. baby. But, um, He's going to end up on next Florida. Next October. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next season. I'm just waiting for one of them to show up. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Crossing my fingers for Snooky. <laughs> well, uh, to, t- to go back to Aaron, um, you know, I don't think I don't think there was a single shot of anyone that wasn't really touched by this uh, by the story of Aaron. Yeah, Jason always has a weird face on, like he's trying to resist something, and he just likes to look like a brat. I mean, it's it is you know he says it is his form of rebellion. He I believe he likes to be the class clown. He doesn't like to uh, feel true emotion, but in that moment he felt it. Yeah, he had his head down. He didn't want to. He didn't want anyone else seeing it. But yeah, yeah. 
it's like how could you not react to that story especially in addict it's like you are gonna ruin people's lives like how would your mother feel some of them were moms themselves you know so what if they're doing that to their kids? Right. Well, I mean, Jeremy uh, London, you know, he right. said, like, you know, I have to do this for my son. And luckily he's got that to sort of, you know, drive him. Mm-hmm. And obviously Janice, uh, Janice, she's got tons that he's driving her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Eric Roberts, he, you know, he has kids. And I saw I saw in his eyes he was just like, yeah. oh, my God. And he even, like, reunited with one of his, his stepson recently. Who went to rehab, too. He mm-hmm. was an addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder where you learned those habits from, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> well, don't pass it down. Well, um, let's move it. You know, we, we've been touching upon Jason Jason throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> adequately uh, described as an 87-year-old man who's about <laughs> to die. Yeah. Although in a 25-year-old's uh, sort of exterior, but I wouldn't know. I, he wasn't I did not think he was in his 20s. I, I mean, did not They either. say that every once in a while, and I just look at him. How is that possible? Yeah, I mean, he looks youngest, 35. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's sped up his aging so much. And I have a question. Sunglasses or glasses? What is he wearing all the time? Do they Both? change when he goes out in the sun? I think they're those kind. Yeah, I think I think they're prescription sunglasses. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Whatever that term oh is. yeah, yeah. Okay, it was bugging me for a while. <laughs> I think for me, I think uh, Jason's Jason should hold that. They should freeze his body right now and uh, <laughs> wait till like the Wally future happens, so that way he can just sit in his recliner. <laughs> And yes. drive around uh, sipping his uh, slushy. Exactly. <laughs> or his alcoholic slushy. Heroin, whatever. Yeah, heroin. Same thing. Um, that's a good idea. I mean, he is my favorite character, and I know... He certainly he, is. I think he deserves his own reality show. He's got... His, he, you know. <laughs> He's on his way. If He's on th- his way. And he that's is. what I liked about this show, you know... Uh, and we'll obviously get to the more serious side of Jason, but, uh, you know, he is the sort of comedic glue He is for he this is, show. Yeah, funny part, because he'll yeah. always say the that thing that you're like, I can't believe you just and said that. And he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care at all. And he's just it like, makes me so sad. <laughs> it, it doesn't make me know, sad, Dr. Drew. Yeah. I know. Exactly how you talk. It, what, what makes me sad is that we're holding him down from being able to build his companies uh, and his big dreams. I mean, what, what did you guys think of that first thought? <laughs> oh, that was actually hilarious. That was, I think, the best part. Oh, but his book. It's really about yeah. his book. It's really about his book. I mean, did, have, have we heard anything, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in fact that he's actually done anything for himself in his no, life, or no. in fact anything? No, no, he doesn't even pick up after himself. We know that. I mean, wasn't it a big day when he didn't wear sweatpants, right? It was like right. the se- second or third episode where yeah. he finally put on pants. Yeah. I mean, he's now, you know, I personally don't like that. You know, now he's back to his uh, shorts and whatever. Mm-hmm. And sandals and loose uh, shirts, you know. Uh, you looking like... handsome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah looking, looking good. Handsome. He wore a hat. I see he's going to wear a hat in the future episode. Mm, just your type. A little style change Prescription there. sunglasses. <laughs> exactly. I 80-year-old think... body. <laughs> I mean, he... You're just so attractive. <laughs> I'm not. I just. A, well, a. I think he deserves a reality show. But then. Uh, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. The sort of more serious and uh, sentimental side to me is like this guy is is deeply effed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has a lot of issues. So deeply effed. And I think that he's 12 in his head, or whatever yeah, age. Disease is winning. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it true, Doctor Drew. Well put. Yeah. I mean the. the you know, I joked about it, but the fact that he wants to, or he thinks he can build companies, uh, build novels, a lot, you know, he stole the quote from uh, the, not the Iliad, right? No. Oh. Yeah, it is the Iliad. launched a thousand ships. Yeah. Oh, Iliad. yeah. yeah. Um, I like how he pulled that one out of his brain the one time he read a book. Well, you know, it's pretty, pretty Famous. simple cliche slash metaphor, whatever yeah. you want to call right. it. Yeah. Um, but he has no skills, no talents right. to launch all a thousand sudden, companies. All these companies, and they're all going to go away if he doesn't get out of rehab right now. Exactly. Somehow they're all going to disappear. He needs to go take care of them. Well, I mean, the deeper problem is that he's, you know, he's a billionaire. So what does that mean? He's been, uh, he's been ta- taken care of and nurtured mm-hmm. um, by really successful people around him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, his family is well off. They own, I'm sure though they own lots of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I know tons of people that just sort of buy a company just for the fun of it. Yeah. Honest to God, because they have that sort of money. And not, not that they're going to drive it down to the ground. Obviously, they're going to want it to be successful. And those types of people that do do that, buy these companies, do make those companies successful. Um, I A friend of a friend's just bought I, – uh, it's a – he just bought a strip club just because I guess he could. You're talking about yourself, aren't you? I wish I had a strip club. <laughs> a friend club. of a friend. Yeah. But, uh, you know, no, and, you know. Just for fun. And just for fun, just friend. to own a strip club and, you know, I guess, like, go there with your friends, I guess, when yeah. your wife is not, whatever. Yeah. Say that again, Dr. True? Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, so, so, and obviously if that's the sort of people you're around, you start – Feeling like a, you need to be doing this because that's yeah. who you're being held up against, and b, that, that you in some sense think it's your right slash you, you have the talent to be doing this. And no, you're a heroin addict. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's probably the like f up of the family. And who's gonna be like, you know, who'd be good for this company? That heroin addict. Yeah, he's been a heroin addict all of his life. Jason. Good yeah. idea. Exactly. It's just like people that. It's what's in, what's his incentive if he has all the money that he can possibly get? Well, no offense, Jason. I think that the biggest accomplishment in your life is like a gold star on a drawing you did in first grade. I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> well, no I offense, guess, but like from a from a younger person's perspective, maybe as a kid, I could see how he would be like intimidated or something by all the people around him, and maybe they're so successful, he felt like he shouldn't even try to live up to them because you know whatever the expectations or whatever but at this point he's like 20 something like get it together yeah get it together together. yeah but but i mean it and of course you you want him to start getting that mentality but i think it's this is this uh it's a weapon against sobriety you know what i mean and and that's the only reason he's pulling this kind of stunt now is because inner demons yeah it's not to actually build a company. No, it's to get out of sobriety. <laughs> and that's this whole deal. Um, and that's and Dr. Drew totally sees through it, you know, sees that. And that's the scary thing is that he's so convincing himself or trying to make all these excuses to get out in the world. And he even said he was just like, I could score any day. I could score any day and call any friend. And Jeremy London was like, what are you talking about? What idiot friend would bring drugs to rehab He's like, let me get the list. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, it's like, why would you say that to a group of people that you're in rehab with? He's so angry mm-hmm. is the thing. It's just, like, hard to even think about. Oh, he, he is a child. Um, yeah. I mean, well, Dr. Drew, Drew's biggest um, worry is him. You know, he said, it, I've never worried about a patient more than you. And uh, I am not familiar as much with the other seasons. Do you, um, do you guys kind of... Who would compare to him in prior seasons, you know, for the worry of graduation? Yeah, I'm like, oh, uh, the guy that played Kaniki, the guy that played Kaniki oh, right. on Grease. Oh, we keep, we, I, yeah, everyone keeps talking about him. I got oh, oh, he's amazing. I mean, amazing. The season with him was just unbelievable. He, he couldn't speak. He came into rehab totally fucked up. Oh, sorry. Totally messed up. <laughs> um, and he, he literally couldn't talk, and he would be shaking and freaking out. And his back, he couldn't sleep in a bed. He had to sleep in a chair. And then he got some yoga class in rehab, and it worked out. But actually, Michelle and I, sadly, were at a party on Halloween, and we saw him there. I was really excited. And he had a drink in his hand. But we don't know if there was anything in that but he was with the girlfriend on that season who was a total enabler a crazy person she was sitting next to him she brought vodka into when they had special friends day or whatever she brought vodka into the rehab and she put it in a water bottle and she was like here have some and he was like is that vodka she was like no no it's water and he had a sip and he spit it out because yeah. it was vodka, and he freaked out. And he it. poured it out in the bushes. Well, good for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. I mean, uh, it's interesting because uh, our other co-hosts, you know, on on other shows, on this show, but uh, prior shows, you know, they he seems to be everywhere. But uh, so far, s- sober, I guess, a little yeah. bit, trying yeah. to be every now and then, I guess. Um, also, Gary Busey struggle. Oh my god! Century. Okay, can we just talk about how I had a show at the House of Blues and Gary Busey ruined my show? 
Why is that? So we were playing at the House of Blues, and the band that was going on before us, I believe, so everyone could blacklist them, their band is called Sons of Lawless mm-hmm. or something. Anyway, so Gary Busey's son, who had two bodyguards, I don't know why, but... Because um, Gary Busey Gary Busey such... pisses enough people off. So um, they were... Sp- they went on before us, and when we had to set up and they had to basically get off the stage as soon as possible, they were hanging around and, like, hanging out on the stage, and we were like, hey, sorry, guys, we need to set up. And um, Gary Busey came on stage and kicked my drummer, <laughs> kicked him. He was carrying a keyboard stand. Gary Busey was like, this is our space. Like, what? A- it was a stage. Get off it. And And then he... Hit my manager in the face, who's a woman. And who just had jaw surgery. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, and he was so high. Oh, I, I was scared. I saw him and he I, just He's like crazy. mentally ill too. And okay, I was putting the microphone stand in front of me. He just kept moving it. He's like, it's not supposed to be there. And the sound guy was like, it totally is supposed to be there. And he kept moving it. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to say yes. But this is, a, this is the kicker. Okay, so he went up. Um, to the bar and my my friend was there my guy friend was there um, ordering a drink and Gary Busey squeezed his ass and <laughs> my friend was like totally weirded out and saw the terrifying Gary Busey there and the next week this same friend works in a casting office mm-hmm. and the next week his manager Gary Busey's manager called asking for a job that Gary Busey desperately needed this job because he his reputation was so bad with working with people, obviously. And my friend was like, huh, that's really funny. He squeezed my ass last week. Don't call back. <laughs> like, you're not <laughs> doing this job. Karma. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do wish. Uh, so, so hopefully he's... Jason won't end up like any of those two. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the we sort of leave this episode with him making the decision no, that he will not go on the uh, the plan proposed to him by Jason's team. I love Jason's team, by I the know. way. Oh my God. All these people are on your team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these people came out of the woodwork. And they're so serious, you know. know. Everyone's like, you cut to them, and there's like, you hold on them for five seconds until you get the, uh, the title card. And then uh, in the meeting, you cut to them, and they're still in that same sort of pose. I know. And it's only yes. Dr. Drew talking. I and know. I guess, you know, I, I don't Some know. of them said a few words. Yeah, like, Jason said something like, ah, you guys are crazy. And the woman is like, why? Why? And you're like, okay. But it was basically Dr. Drew and the team, the Jason team. Well, I mean, Jason does want the, want the team. And Forrest, right? Is that his name? Forrest? No? The, uh, the guy with the hat. Oh, oh, Bob. Bob, Bob. Forrest. Yeah, Bob yeah, Forrest. Oh, 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 Forrest. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I love I love Bob Forrest because he's always the the one sort of uh, talking and then Dr. Drew is just like uh, sort of the good cop, I guess. and mm. uh, Or maybe the bad cop. I don't know. Whatever analogy depending, you want. Depending <laughs> on which person you're talking about. But I like the, uh, you know, like Bradness at 12 um, isn't a bad thing. Bradness at 25 with the heroin addiction is straight yeah. up problem out of, I forget what the last and he bit of, said is like death is fatal or something like that yeah but I, yeah that makes total sense I was like yeah he is he is like has a brattiness of a 12 year old combine that with lethal drugs he throws temper dead. tantrums he tries to fight everyone everyone was saying stuff that made complete sense he just wasn't listening or maybe he just couldn't accept it or something but Remember, everyone was fighting, and he was like, uh, you guys are crazy. You're ridiculous. I can't believe all of you. I'm like, what are you, ta- what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, all right. So um, before we go to a commercial break, will Jason live or die? Thoughts? I Jess? think he's going to die. Honestly, I give him, like, and generously... Like Remember, he's years. 87 years old. Yeah. Right, he's 87. <laughs> uh, I think freezing him is the best option. Yeah. I think I give him Wally five Wally. years until he relapses, like a year, six like months. a month maybe. until relapse. Yeah, until he out. relapses, and I'd give him a few years left on his life. What about you? Oh, very unfortunate. Um, I honestly, I don't know. He, he, he really needs help. I mean, in all seriousness, he does. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we know you're rooting th- for him. Well, I, th- I think he, I think he needs to be sober, but have his own reality show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think and that that, that is a positive step mm-hmm. in the right direction. People would. I mean, support. he'll he'll still be obnoxious, whether yes. sober or not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, that's I, clear. Yeah. But I think the sober part will help him. Um, and that's what he should strive for. And with that, let's go to our commercial break. Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This yeah. is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call at 347-855-8269. This television, and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. You mean it's Shakespearean. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. Get in on the after buzz. 347-855-8269. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. Listen on iTunes. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Find us on Facebook. Your husband or your best friend? Follow us on Twitter. And then she's trying to kill him, so it justifies it. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense. And visit us at AfterBuzzTV.com. <laughs> the wig! The wig! Oh, come off. That wig! Come off, baby! No! What? Boardwalk Empire. Desperate Housewives. Glee. Gossip Girl. Breaking Bad, Mad Men, True Blood, The Walking Dead, Big Love, Jersey Shore, The Oscars, Celebrity Rehab, The Emmys. If If it's it's hot, hot, you can bet we'll be buzzing about it. Well, uh, welcome back, everybody. That takes us to our uh, special segment, and we thought we'd talk about uh, Dr. Drew this week because uh, there, although a very tiny clip, we do see... Um, a clip of Dr. Drew really hitting his emotional side where he says, I'm, I'm tired of fighting harder than the patients. Mm. And uh, you guys, uh, a.k.a. the twins, uh, keep kept harping on me that you guys grew up in Pasadena. You sort of know people that have interacted with uh, Dr. Drew. And sort of, uh, I mean, I guess I'll start off in the sense of like, you know, for me that really hit it because you know you expect like okay he's a doctor you know he's obviously in this field you know he's the most recognized and i'm sure you know is the best but uh even he at the end of the day is just human and and struggles you know and uh he goes he struggles with these patients to try to get him sober and it's not always i mean it's definitely not easy yeah i always wonder how he gets through the day like i feel so, okay, maybe I, like, stalked him a little bit, and I know he's married. And I, like, imagine being his wife, you know? You come home at the end of the day, and you're like, hey, how was your day? He's, and th- if I were him, I'd just, like, break down. Especially having sessions with all of those people. And also, they take out all of their frustrations sometimes on him. And, they like, he's the target that they can have. And it's just amazing. I mean, he I can think see amazing. things in people that I would never be able to see. It's really amazing. He can, like, spot the problem from there. Every time someone says something, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. He's like, mm-hmm. Like, he knew it all along. Um, I think it's because he's from Pasadena. Going to make a shout-out to Pasadena mm-hmm. right now. Shout-out. <laughs> um, and I know he went to Polytechnic High School. For all of you listeners who went, um, uh Basically, first of all, my brother worked in Huntington Hospital for a while, which is the main hospital in Pasadena, and uh, which is where he, Dr. Drew works. Which is also where Dr. Drew works, still works. I don't know. He works all the time. I don't understand how he does it. Um, but my brother met him and like talked to him. That's exciting. Also, my friend's sister had meetings with him when. That she was going through rehab in the Pasadena Recovery Center, who we've had a lot of friends go through there, actually. And um, basically the verdict is that he's a really awesome guy. And I, I think that he's doing the show because he really genuinely wants people to understand that drugs and alcohol aren't just glamorous, and they ruin lives, and they kill people. Yeah. Well, I like the – I forget who it was, but it was the last episode when the alum came, and, uh, you know, one of the guys, he – he looked at Dr. Drew and he said, it's, you know, this is the reason why you do this show. You saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, just in your sort of experience, is there is there a humorous side to Dr. Drew or is he always kind of serious? No, he's, he's, I think he's funny. I think he is really serious and he yes. takes his job really seriously. And it's obviously 
a lot of pressure. But sometimes he can like joke around. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect him. You know, of course, not to be right. funny, but uh, you but know, he does go talk to high schools in the area, and um, he's funny. You know, he relates. He's funny. I think, yeah, he has it in there. I can see it. You know, he makes funny faces sometimes. Right. He has like a saving people complex, probably, because addictions are like real people. It's like twenty four seven. The job never really stops. So, but I think at the end of the day, what gets him through it is by hearing those people say, "You saved my life." Yeah, that must be so rewarding. Yeah, and and I mean, what I like is, you know, that through these sort of relationships that he's made, he's able to sort of bring these people and and share their experiences in order to help his current patients. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so sort of, and I I like that he's sort of trying as hard as he can to build this sort of community. Of uh, of rehabbers, if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely not put on the air because it's like other reality TV shows. It's it's showing the truth about stuff, and it's also dramatic. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really awesome, doing a good thing. He is. He is. Well, uh, with that, why don't we get to uh, our news and gossip? Okay. So get ready for those life-changing answers you need when the daily new daily half-hour show, Dr. Drew's Life Changers, premieres on The CW. The show, which was developed on Extra, will concentrate on people in conflict, anything from relationship troubles to addiction. Oh boy, Dr. Drew taking on another thing. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's... I like it. I, I like him getting out more into the world, and I think, uh, you know, he, since we, he is genuine about helping people, so it's another platform. It is... And it's on Another. the CW, you know? A lot of people have I'm gonna watch to it. it. I'm for sure going to watch it. I'm going to marry him, too. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I say something? So, Lindsay Lohan may be out of rehab now, but is she up for good? Dr. Drew says the answer may depend on how she embraces what he refers to as the next stage in treatment. The way the treatment works is you step down. The way the treatment works is you step down. You don't go from intensive treatment back to your life, so it's not like it's all over. That makes well. sense. Well, I think, uh, you know, it very much relates to also, like, what's happening with these patients. You know, they are, quote, going towards graduation, and so, you know. Yeah, um, has he treated her, though? Like Him? I don't think so. I don't no. think so. I'm, I don't I'm excited for her to come into celebrity rehab. That's all I'm Oh, saying. yeah. I mean, she's been in and out of rehab, and I think Dr. Drew is the person who will make it happen. Yeah, totally. Well, we'll see. Anyway, onwards. So, in an interesting feature on rehab shows that ran this weekend in the Los Angeles Times, Dr. David Sack of Malibu's Promises Treatment Center said he worries that the shows take advantage of people in their most vulnerable altered states. Quote, our concern is that people who are in the throes of an addiction should not be signing a release for something that will be shown on TV over and over. I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely see his point. I see his point, definitely. Also, at the same time, if someone, if one person watches it and is inspired or realizes they have a problem or or something like that, then... Well, I think even if, uh, you know, even if you're a fan and you're watching it, but you all of a sudden realize that, you know, you have a family member, a friend, whoever, a co-worker, like, whatever, family member, it doesn't really matter. You just go out there and you, you know, you try to... You know, you, you do learn from it in some sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I've even, like, pinpointed and friends or just random people. I'm like, oh, they have addictive tendencies. Yeah. So hopefully it will do more good than harm. Well, I mean, and but Rachel is addicted to sex. and uh, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I only brought that up because I realized we had <laughs> not touched upon Rachel Uchtel's uh, oh, yeah. addictions for this episode. And I felt like it needed to get in there. Yeah. Anyways. Well, Rachel Uchtel has a new career path in mind. She's set to become a private investigator. Quote, I decided to go back to school and get my private investigation license. I've learned to shoot a weapon. I had to taser someone the other day. I had the best time ever. I've already gone undercover. I've done process serving. In court, we actually do real stuff for the investigator who's teaching or class, so it's very cool. Okay, what? what? She had fun tasering someone? <laughs> okay, she tasered someone and then went undercover. 
<laughs> yeah, I would not trust her as a private investigator. <laughs> oh, she's investigating privates, all right. Certainly that. She's like, yeah, career path of mine in a certain film industry. Seriously. Not okay. And plus, she's she's famous, so it's not going to be that private. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, she's, she's definitely going places. She just mm. wants to wear the coat. <laughs> Uh, I believe she just wants to be under the covers. That's, that's true. She wants to be under the covers. That's what it is. And that's your After Buzz TV Celebrity Rehab News and Gossip for the week of January 12, 2011. So, uh, predictions for next week. I mean, is, is it the last episode, first off? I can, is it? I'm very frustrated... The, most of all with this show, because I, I still can't figure out quite the airtime of this. Yeah, Sometimes they play two either. episodes in one week, sometimes they don't. Yeah, it's like it's, you have to just tape it as a series to get to even watch all of it. I mean, we, we should all just start going on VH1, because they have the full episodes there, and just, just watch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good call. I, yeah, I need my daily dose. Well, I guess not daily, but <laughs> like That would be dose. an addiction. That would be what we call an addiction. <laughs> But, uh, so, assuming that perhaps it is the last episode, if not the penultimate, maybe, um, we're reaching graduation. I feel Who's... like we're gonna see graduation, right? I, I guess I believe so, is that... In the past, that's what they do. So, okay, uh, who do you think has the best shot of staying sober? Or, I mean, what's gonna happen next episode during graduation, I guess? Mm-hmm. That's where we're headed. Well, I think, I think Rachel <laughs> will be fine. I think Janice will be Rachel fine. was always fine. She, she was always fine. <laughs> Come on. She had, like, an awful thing happen to her. Yeah, she had awful stuff, and but she was never, like, she didn't even go through Where she put too much glitter on her lips <laughs> for the... For yeah, real it's an addiction. <laughs> it's an addiction. Yo, the lip gloss, enough. Enough is enough. Right I mean, what, I'm just trying to think back to the uh, the little teaser that we got. I don't even remember. Apart from Jason, that's all we really saw, Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Jason, which I'm excited for his whole drama. Yeah, I really want to see what happens. I think he will end up going into the inpatient program. Well, that's the thing. At, gra- at graduation is when they finally tell Dr. Drew, are they going into sober living or if they're just going out into the world? And he gets like really paternal and disappointed if they're not going to sober living. Um, but I think that maybe next week, like Frankie's going to pull through. I'm hoping for Frankie. She's starting to unravel a little bit. Um, well, I for me, I believe that uh, Jason sort of reminds me of the uh, kind of like the Jersey Shore people, where they're just like, "Yo, I'm done with it. I'm done with it." And he, <laughs> and in the sense, not that he's done with it, but but in the sense of him trying to fight um, mm-hmm. Doctor Drew and the rest of the people. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think he he eventually will take the treatment in my eyes. Yeah, totally. Leaf Garrett, Jeremy London, what thoughts on them? Oh, Eric Roberts. they didn't really make a lot of appearances in this episode. They were obviously affected. And who's the other guy? There's another Jason, but he's just, he's just a, whatever. Yeah. Non-existent. Yeah, and he's never around. Yeah, I don't know. For producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, We would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. Or booze you later. My job views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. I'm here to fight your disease.